Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truths. Hope you're having a good day already. Appreciate you uh, tuning in. Looking forward to jumping into uh, our next verse, uh, as promised, verse number 12. And I think I mentioned last uh, episode that uh, this is the only Old Testament reference in the book of 1 John. So uh, John, obviously the human author, and he's making this case that loving other people, loving my brother specifically, is the indicator of a true and bona fide faith. That what do who are Christians? They are those who have been born of God. Who are Christians? They are those on whom God has set his love. Who are Christians? They are those who are not understood by the world. Who are Christians? They are those who uh, purify themselves even as he is pure. We've talked about a lot of this. But when you distill all of it down into, hey, give me one great indicator of a Christian. He loves his brother. And as John really undergirds this truth, he brings scripture into it. He said, I don't just take my word for this. This is not just apostolic teaching. Uh, this is this is Bible that goes back to the very beginning of the Bible. And so he he's talking about brotherly love. The first brothers in the Bible were Cain and Abel. So John is going to show the 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 very beginning of this concept of loving and hating the family of God, the family of the devil. And we're going to see it now in verse number 12. So look at it, that where the Bible says, not as Cain. So we're to love one another, not, not like Cain. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's pretty obvious. Cain, we, can, we, can, we can say Cain was many things, but one thing we would never accuse Cain of is that he loved his brother. So not as Cain, the Bible says, who is of that wicked one. So there we have it. He's talking about the family of the devil, the family of God. So Cain, who is of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Why did Cain kill Abel? Well, the Bible tells us, because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. So again, John, we're, we're coming a little, a little bit full circle now because we started the chapter by saying, God loves us. How surprising, how wonderful. And therefore, the world doesn't understand us because we're going to live like him and be identified with him and they're not going to get us. And now we come down to Cain and Abel and say, well, now Cain, he's of the world and he's of the devil's family and he slew his brother. And we shouldn't be surprised when the world has enmity against us, but we should be surprised when brothers who claim to know God don't love each other. And John brings out a great point here. You know, and I think sadly, 
and when I was growing up as a kid in the, you know, the later part of the 20th century, in the, I was born in 1966, so you know, a number of years ago now. So was I. <laughs> so was I. We're almost the same age exactly. It's a few months separate us. I am the, I, I am, <laughs> I didn't, I was going to say, John, I'm the elder brother, but I don't know if I want to be known as the elder brother. I'm your elder though. And as such, I deserve respect. That's exactly right. Yeah. You better believe that's for sure. Um, and I think how so many people, everybody was a Christian. You know, everybody was a Christian, you know, when I, where I grew up in Southern Illinois, kind of, there are a lot of independent Baptist churches there, a lot of people, everybody you talk to on the street, Southern Baptist churches, General Baptist, all kinds of Baptist churches, all kinds of churches in general. You'd go out talking to people, everybody was a Christian, but you knew they not all, not all, not everybody was. And what happens when you have nominal Christianity is people really downplay the idea, the significance that how you live does speak to who you are. And, you know, sometimes I think because we want to make sure that we don't have any works-based salvation whatsoever, that people tend to shy away from sometimes people meaning will shy away from emphasizing that your works testify to what family you're part of. Um, and I would know people who would feel kind of comfortable living in sin because they thought, well, I have the grace of God. It's not that important how I live. But John reminds us it is important how we live and the world does pay attention. And if the world does not hate us, if we get along fine and nobody in the world ever feels uncomfortable with our testimony, that is a good indication that we are not who we ought be as children of God. Yeah, it, it is another verse, uh, verse 12, about identity. And be, be careful to notice what the Bible says and what it doesn't say, because if we're not careful— We'll look at, we'll, we'll misunderstand it. So look at it again, where the Bible says, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one. So Cain did what he did because of who he was. Who you are drives what you do. So the Bible says, Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. And the wonderful thing about the Bible, and there are many wonderful things about the Bible, but one of the, the most wonderful things about the Bible to me, both in my own life and also in understanding what the Bible says about others, is that the Bible has the unique ability to identify motives. Now, that's not wise for you to do. That's not wise for me to do. The Bible actually calls that evil surmising. I don't know why people do what they do, and neither do you. But God does. That's why the Bible says the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The, the Bible will show you not only what you do wrong, but why you do wrong. So here the Bible says, here's why Cain killed Abel. And the Bible says, wherefore slew he him? Why did Cain kill his brother? Because Cain's works were evil and Abel's works were righteous. And the, the implication is clear. So Cain was chagrined, he was embarrassed because he looked bad next to Abel's righteousness. Abel's righteous life and attitude, his correct offering made Cain look bad. Now, isn't it interesting, though, that the Bible says that Cain's works were evil? Well, what were his works? His works were he grew vegetables and fruit and worked hard and gave this to God. 
You know, if somebody works hard and gives to God, would you call that an evil work? And yet the Bible does. What made the work evil? I think two things. Number one, the motive by which he offered to God, look at me, look at what I can do, look at what I can produce. And I think number two, and that's implicit in the passage, is that God had clearly communicated to them that it was the the blood sacrifice that was necessary, and Cain was coming to God in his own righteousness, not coming to God in the prescribed righteousness that God had suggested. And it is interesting, and it's it's very easy to see how that early on in Scripture, God gives us two stark different kinds of people, the one who is righteous, because he is righteous, he makes the right sacrifice to God, and one who is wicked. And because he is wicked, he makes the wrong sacrifice to God. And it is interesting that early on in Scripture, we find this stark differentiation that we're going to find throughout the Word of God. And John deals with that here. And it is very fitting that John brings that up right now because this very well just is summing up all that John has been saying about the two families, those who are wicked of Satan, those who are righteous of God. And here, this is just a great example of what John's been talking about. Yeah, it's a great example, not only in what you just said, John, and that is it's a great example of the families and of our identity that we behave in concert with who we are. So your identity, your heart, let me say it that way, who you are on the inside will ultimately be revealed. Yeah, it, the 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 the, pro, the people that struggled with the tongue in J- James chapter three were those that had bitter envying and strife in their heart. So what was manifest was it was manifest in their words. So Cain's evil intentions, Cain, Cain's pride, was manifest in his action against his brother. But the other thing that God is showing us here is that. Cain is typical of the world, and the world hates righteousness, and it hates those that—it hates a righteousness that doesn't give itself glory. So the world loves a righteousness that feeds its ego. Cain loved working hard. Cain loved bringing these gifts to God. Cain wanted the approbation of God for all of that. But that wasn't a righteous act. That was a self. That was a s- selfish act. So, why does the world hate Christians? Why does the world want to stamp out Christianity? Why? Well, the Bible tells us why. This motive has not changed in six thousand years, because a reliance upon Christ, a Self-abnegation on the part of people to say, you know, it's not I, it's Christ. There's no good in me, it's him. It's his sacrifice. You know, that's offensive to people. The Bible calls that the offense of the gospel. That says I'm a sinner. That says that uh, my righteousness is not my own. It's a gift from God. The world hates that. And the world does not understand that. The world wants to get rid of that. So there's another theme we find in 1 John chapter 3. And this is what you just said, Pastor, reminds me of John 16, where John talks about the Holy Spirit's work in the world, how he would convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. 
you know, of sin because they don't believe on Jesus. And that, that is the world's problem. They do not believe on Jesus. And as Pastor mentioned, that is why they don't enjoy Christians when Christians speak for righteousness for Jesus Christ, because they do not believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. So Cain and Abel, verse number 12, look at verse number 13. And marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. So think about the the context of that of that admonition. The context is, hey, there's nothing new under the sun. The world has been hating both true believers since the beginning, since Genesis chapter four. This has been taking place, and so don't be incredulous when you are ostracized at the workplace. Uh, don't be amazed when you are marginalized at the family picnic. Uh, don't be shocked when you have to eat alone at your lunch table at your public school. Uh, don't be uh, amazed when people denigrate you for your Christian faith. They've been doing that forever. Look at verse number 13, uh, 14. We know, so that's a word of confidence. It's a word of assurance. And we're going to find that word reiterated now quite often uh, until the end of the book. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. So does that mean that, man, I've got to love everybody, all the cantankerous people in my life to be saved? That's not what it said. What it said was, we can have assurance that God has done a work of grace, has saved us because the indicator of salvation is a love that we'll have for our brother. And I love how John gives us these tests of assurance. We find different places. We find in chapter two, we find in chapter three, our assurance of salvation. You know, we, we can know this is true. If we are loving our brethren, if we are doing what God commands us to do, it testifies to the fact that we are children of God. You know, and and I, I want to be careful here because I, I never want to cast doubt. I don't want to be a, a, a seed planter of doubt in your life. But I, I feel like I must say this, and that is simply professing to be saved that you know the Lord because you prayed a prayer at some point in your life or in your past. But if there's no fruit in your life, like you don't have a genuine desire to love and serve people, uh, you you have no compunctions about your sin. Now, we are all sinners, but it, you, you, you sin with impunity. It's just not like a big deal to you. Um, you have no desire to fellowship with God, to read his word. Now, Probably none of that is true. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast. But but the point is this, that there are these indicators that ought to help us to understand, well, well, you know, have I passed from death into life? Is this truly what my identity is? Exactly right, Pastor. And this, the Bible time and again gives us admonitions to, to, to look at our life and to, you know, to just to think about how we are living and John here, and again, what you say, John is not trying to create doubt in people's lives. The opposite is true. Exactly right. He's, he's trying to offer assurance. Exactly right. That's exactly what he wants to do. And, and sadly, Satan takes what God intends for good and tries to pervert that and get people to live in doubt and fear 
when they have trusted in Christ, but Satan's trying to get a seed of doubt in there. But you're exactly right. That is totally opposite what John's doing here. Look at verse number 15 in closing, uh, where the Bible says, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And, and Jesus really, didn't Jesus cover all this in, in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, it's, it's not so much the act that is the indicator, but really the act comes from a seed that is the true indicator of what a person is. So murder proceeds out of hatred. Hatred is at home in the heart of one that doesn't know God. So he, whosoever hated his brother, he's a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. In other words, check your heart. Check, check your heart. You know, we, we can look at our actions as indicators, and I think that, that, that that's helpful. But uh, ask the Lord to check your heart, you know, because the heart is going to be the indicator of you know, where the change is actually taking place. John, last word. You know, I think what the Bible says in Romans 8, how that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. God wants us to be sure that we are His children, that we're walking with Him. And in that surety, with that great confidence, to serve Him today with great boldness. So, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that if He gave, gave His only begotten Son, one of the most famous verses in all the Bible, one of my favorites. And then 1 John 3.16, and it says essentially the same thing. I love it. We're going to jump into it tomorrow. I don't want you to miss it. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.